0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of ruminations of Redrum. i'm your host kyle with a k and today joining me i have a returning guest and a new guest our returning guest is the one and only the one final girl georgie georgie how you doing
1: i'm doing just splendid, kyle how are you doing
0: i'm doing great you have a you have a sultry uh clear uh voice coming out of that microphone did you
1: did you upgrade your equipment or yeah you know i did you you were the one that pushed me to do it and i am better for it and i thank you
0: okay which uh which microphone did you get
1: i got the one that you recommended me kyle
0: sure mv7 i think it's, what it's called right <laughs> yeah that's correct That okay. that sounds right <laughs> fair enough fair enough it sounds good Thank you. Um,
1: it's also for Mitch, because um, I know that he wanted me to upgrade as well. So, Mitch, this one's for you.
0: Damn, damn, okay. And also joining me, we have a newcomer to the ruminations of Red Room Room. And his name is Brendan Jesus. He currently writes for a website called horrorobsessive.com. And he has an award-winning screenplay. Brendan, how you doing? I am fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to have you, man. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, So yeah, like you said, uh, I write for Horror Obsessive. Uh, I'm fairly new there, but I've been having um, a fantastic time so far. Uh, I did write an award-winning screenplay. I don't know how it won awards, but I'm very ecstatic about it. Uh, I'm trying to turn that into a short film now so that's uh my latest venture oh and graham resnick just retweeted one of the articles i wrote about his uh game until dawn so i'm kind of riding high on that right now damn
1: no Uh, way i loved until dawn i that was one of the games i was most excited about to come out
2: oh my god it's amazing i'm really excited for uh the new Dark Pictures anthology game, I think it's called yes. Little Ashes, I think.:
1: Oh my God yeah. thank you for feeling that way because I keep trying to get Kyle to play the Dark Pictures games. He tried the first one, didn't wasn't into it, and i'm I'm hurt, I'm hurt because you just gotta you just gotta do it, you just gotta do it, Kyle.
0: They came out of the the, the door swinging with until dawn, okay they that's, set that's the, true. They set the bar so high. And then I I did try Mana Madon and it just did not click with me. I, I wasn't feeling it. I I did only get about like an hour and a half in, so maybe I can give it a little bit more of a chance. But um, they are having a sale right now on the whole anthology <sighs> combo thing on PlayStation, so I might then you
1: that. have no excuse. <laughs>
0: you have I'm no excuse,
1: kidding. especially since Little Hope. Oh my god. That One comes out of left field out of nowhere. You're like, you just gotta do it.
0: Fair, fair. So, Brendan, uh, what got you into horror? Like, where did it start? Uh,
2: so, my ever since I've been a oh, wee lad, my uh, my mother has owned a gym and she just works crazy, crazy hours. Um, so every Saturday was her day off, so we would just spend. All day Saturday uh watching like the B movies on Sci-Fi channel, like, you know, fucking uh Sharktopus versus <laughs> Crazy Amalgamation Monster, whatever. Um and yeah, from there I just really developed a love for the genre. I I definitely was into the low budget schlock way before I was into the good stuff. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, my, my mom loves horror and she just got me into it so it's been uh it's been like a 20 year fandom for me so that's
0: awesome yeah i feel like that's always where it starts it always starts with like it for horror i feel like it almost more than half the time starts with ha- like family hanging out with family and that oh, kind of definitely. stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which makes it more personal just more awesome um what's the horror movie you've probably watched the most uh
2: <laughs> definitely uh Darren Aronofsky's mother.
0: Mother. I haven't seen that movie.
3: Oh my I
0: gosh. I've probably seen that at least fifty times. That's the one with what's her face, right? Uh Jennifer um. <laughs> Lawrence and uh yeah.
2: Javier Bardem.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say the Hunger Games chick, but that would have yeah. been Yeah. Um yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard very mixed things about that movie, but it's always been on my radar
2: you know you're either going to absolutely love it or
0: completely despise it. Okay.
1: Okay, well I think we'll have to review it, right? Since you and I neither of us have seen it, Kyle.
0: Right, I feel like that's just a thing that has to happen.
1: Yeah. Um
0: okay, and then I got a couple more for you just cuz I'm curious. What's your favorite horror video game?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Um I would say based on nostalgia, the first video game I ever completed uh, beginning to end, was in college with my best friend. It was uh, the Last of Us.
1: Oh my god.
2: Uh, yeah, we uh, we rented it from Family Video. It, we rented it the day it came out, and there was a thirty dollar new game charge. Jesus, um, worth yeah, it. So yeah, worth so and we we had forty eight hours. So we were like, well, we have to beat it because <sighs> this price is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, we just we buckled down, uh, just got super drunk and
0: played it for, I think, like 16 hours straight. Dude, that sounds like a that sounds like a good time. I'm not going to yeah, lie.
1: That's the most Dude. amazing thing I've ever, ever heard.
2: You know, all of our friends were out partying and we were like, we're going to play uh, The Last of Us. We'll see you
0: later. <laughs> <laughs> that is rad. OK, OK. Yeah, I got some quick fires for you. OK. Michael, My- Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees? Uh Michael Myers. Zombies or vampires. Zombies. If you had to delete one franchise from existence forever, would it be Final Destination or Saw? Oh, Final Destination, easy. Easy!
2: You say oh. easy. Why easy? Yeah. Uh, I, I think my my two favorite franchises are the conjuring the conjuring universe. I'll, I'll incorporate all of them. Um and okay. Saw. How interesting every every year uh i do a, a halloween saw binge okay okay but i will say i i hated spiral
0: yeah i haven't seen it yet i was going to in theaters but it was still like that that tip of like like the end of covid where we were all starting to get our vaccines but not everybody had it yet and it was still kind of fresh and new so i didn't i didn't go out and see it but that's um yeah. But uh, now that that's all done with and we're all vaccinated, hopefully, I mean, a lot of us are, I think it's safe to say I need to see it soon. But um, OK, cool. Oh, actually, this is kind of more of like a specific kind of deep cut. Not not really a deep cut, but I don't know how much knowledge you have with directors. Um, Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? Ari Aster. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah, I, I, I loved Get Out. I thought that
2: it was a brilliant movie. Um, there were just too many plot holes in us and too many just things that mm-hmm. I thought were dumb and didn't make sense. So I'm excited to see whatever he does next. I like the Twilight Candy Zone. Man. Um, Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely excited to see Candyman. Uh, I I liked the Twilight Zone. Um, I know a lot of people weren't fans of it. Um, But I just think that Ari Aster has done so much with his first two films that I will i'd give up my left arm to see whatever he does next okay
3: wow all right
0: well today though we're talking about a film called fear street part one 1994 uh, based on an rl stein series of books Um, a film adaptation of fear street began development at 20th century uh 20th century studios in 2015 Filming for the trilogy took place back-to-back from March to December of 2019 in Georgia, with the film set for a theatrical release in June 2020. However, because of COVID, it got, you know, postponed and delayed. The film series was given distribution rights to Netflix in August 2020. And here we are today, watching part one. Um, it's directed, I'm, I, I always say this, but I'll, I'll try to get the name right. It's directed by Leia Janaik. I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, she, from what I gathered, she's only really had one, like, movie, like, film directing role. Um, but she has directed some TV series and episodes. She directed two episodes of the Scream TV series. Ooh! Um, Love her. And, yeah, the, <laughs> specifically the In the Trenches episode and the Orphanage episode. Wait, um, does
1: it tell you what season, out of curiosity or not? Nah?
0: I just know the year 2015 and 2016, so whatever that tells you.
1: All right. Well, I don't know, but holla, whatever. The Scream TV series is good. Anyway, continue.
2: Yeah, I've only seen season one of the Scream TV series, and I I really did enjoy it. I should definitely finish the other seasons.
1: I would say that, like, I think it's either the first two or three seasons. I think there's either three seasons total or four, but the last season... It doesn't have any of the original cast, and I fell in love with the original cast. It was, like, this whole thing that they built up, and then they totally replaced all of them, and it was a completely different storyline, and I was like, no, I'm not about it.
0: Scream, the movie, the first movie, is one of my favorite horror movies, one of my favorite movies in general of all time. I have never seen the TV show. Should I watch it?
1: Yes, I think I've I've said this, well... We never <laughs> published that episode of the cast, but I was very adamant that you should watch at least the first two seasons um, of the Scream TV series. A hundred percent, like with the whole um, Brandon James storyline. Yes, one hundred percent. You need to watch it.
2: Very I'll, I'll, I'll say based on what I've. What I saw of season one, I think it's a really solid TV show.
1: It is. And Wes Craven was alive when the first season came out and he did collaborate on it. Like it even has his name in the uh credits. So obviously it's gonna it's gotta be, you know, at least a little bit of a work of art, and it is. Well,
0: there's more than one homage to the Scream franchise in this movie, which I'll mention later. So there was definitely, I mean, Scream was a huge influence on this this part one of the trilogy. Um, as far as the the movie she made, it was called Honeymoon. Uh, I've never personally seen it. It has the girl that plays the wildling in Game of Thrones. I don't know her name, so I'm sorry for that. But she stars in it, and uh, that's really her only film. It's, it's at a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so... I, I'm, the audience.
2: I'm pretty sure it was an IFC release. I, I mm. could be I could be wrong on that. I remember seeing it and it was super trippy. Um, I just don't remember if I enjoyed it or not.
0: Yeah, I I only watched the trailer, and based on the trailer, I could see like how maybe that could have been a good like audition tape for like this position for this movie. It, like it looks like some kind of possession type of you know. Uh, wacky kind of uh, in the middle of nowhere kind of movie but it it looked okay I I might check it out but um, the so part one uh, 1994 was also written by Kyle Killen and he only really wrote TV shows as well and uh, his most notable ones are Awake and Lone Star but I've never seen either one of those not
1: either yeah but you guys have the same name so like that's kind of cool
0: yeah that's pretty cool Uh, but uh as far as like the directing and the writing goes the they both come from tv backgrounds so i feel like personally this had a huge uh, type of tv feel even though it was kind of like a theatrical like hour and 45 minute run like what did you guys think about that
1: I would I would have to agree with you just because there were some like very lighthearted moments in this film where I was like, oh, that's like kind of sick y TV-ish um humor in my opinion. Like it's very fast. Um so I, I would have to agree with you.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I it to me it definitely did. It felt like a Netflix movie. Um I wasn't actually aware of uh, you said earlier that it was supposed to have a theatrical release. Um, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that it probably would have been a bit more well received if people could have seen it in a theatrical environment. Um, but no i
0: well I, I don't want to get ahead of myself with my enjoyment of it we'll we'll get there well, yeah, that, that actually kind of I guess we could just transition into that. Um, what did you guys i mean, what did you guys think of the movie? We'll start with uh, you, Brennan.
2: Uh, so I definitely enjoyed all the homages in it. I thought that it was pretty solid. It hit all the beats that it needed to, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really, like, honestly thought it was, I thought it was fun. There were definitely, uh, like Georgie said, there were some very lighthearted moments. Uh, and yeah, I, I, long story short, I really enjoyed
3: it. What about you, Georgie?
1: Um I think having had a night to sleep on it and like really let it set in my mind I feel like I like it more now than when I was like in my watch my watch through cuz when I was watching it there were certain moments where I was like okay and then there were other moments where I was like okay you know <laughs> um so all in all especially with the lead um, being Kiana I'm gonna totally butcher her last name Madaria um, I've seen her in other Netflix originals and I just really enjoy her visually and uh, just as an actress like I just think she's very talented um, so watching her in like a horror environment compared to what I've seen her in before that was super interesting for me and never once was was it like did it feel fake to me, like it was very genuine. All of the acting, I thought, considering how I felt some of it may have been corny, it was never the acting that was corny, and I feel like that's something that's really important in horror films. Like sometimes it can be like a concept that's kind of corny. Um, for example, and I don't think this is corny now, but when I was first watching it, I was like, What's going on? The whole witch thing mm. I was that was like to me out of left field, I was like, Where is that coming from? But that's a concept. That's not the acting. And that's something that's important to me. So overall, this movie did actually impress me. I was impressed.
0: Well, let me guys take you back a little bit to the 90s, all <laughs> right? So as an older gentleman, you know, I, uh, I would have only been six years old when this movie took place. So I, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been that old.
1: I was negative fair. four.
0: You were negative four. <laughs> um... This okay, so first of all, I'm a big I have a lot of nostalgia for the nineties, more the later nineties, um, but I've a lot of nostalgia for the nineties. This movie opening up with nine-inch nails, I was like, okay, here we go, dude. We're, we're, we're going yeah. in, right? This is oh, it.
3: Yeah.
0: Now, as the movie went on, though, I slowly enjoyed it less and less.
3: <laughs> and oh,
0: no. I just want to say the movie opens up with a customer returning uh an R.L. Stein book that's actually in the Fear Street series called The Wrong Number. And the customer says, she's returning it, and she says, it's trash, lowbrow horror. And I couldn't agree more with this movie. That's all I'm saying. Maybe not trash. That's kind of an exaggeration. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> that's but, just hard. Okay, okay. Joking aside. Joking aside. Um, I thought
3: this movie was... It started off really
0: strong. And I think the casting choices almost would have been a little better if they were switched. so just just starting with the main chick, um, Kiana, i I did not like her acting at all. oh i I thought she was like a one emotion trick the whole time. She was always pissed off. she didn't have any kind of range whatsoever and I can't count how many times throughout the movie I just said out loud, like, I hate her. Like, I don't like her. <laughs> I didn't enjoy watching her or rooting for her whatsoever. Um, that being said, uh, there was some really cool concepts. Uh, there was some cool kills. Uh, they actually went a little further than I thought they were going to go with a lot right? of kills. Because the impression that this movie gave off to me, and especially it being based off an R.L. Stein book, is I thought it was going to be pretty PG-13 in the sense of kind of like, um, what's that one movie that just came out? Um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark or whatever? Yeah. That
3: was I like thought a it was... year
0: ago, but go off. <laughs> 2020 <laughs> didn't exist, so
3: <laughs> it was like okay. two months
0: ago. Um, I feel like, I felt like it was going to have kind of like that vibe. And in some cases it did, but it mostly leaned more into the R rating, which I'm glad it did. Um, the acting from the support cast was way better, way better, way stronger than the main actress. And um, I feel like, I, I know this wasn't intentional, or maybe it was, who knows, but with all the screen preferences uh, screen and homages, I feel like they put the strong-leaning actress um actress like drew barrymore in the beginning that gets killed off like i would have rather have seen her i enjoyed her performance in the six to seven minutes that she was on screen more than um kiana's in the entire film
2: you know it's it's actually funny that you say that because you there were definitely so many different homages in in the the movie uh and that I guess that would be a screen homage, right? Because I mean Maya Hawk is undoubtedly the the biggest named actor in this movie. And she gets killed off like within the first six minutes.
0: A la Drew Barrymore.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I honestly I didn't even put that together until right now.
0: Yeah. It made me like it it made me like I was like, "Wow, like her, her acting was so good." And like, I know that a lot of these um, actors and actresses that were cast were like, "This is almost like their first, their first real like movie role," which is cool. And I think some people hit it out of the park. Like, like shout out to um, Josh played by Benjamin Flores Jr. That kid, he's he's you're gonna start seeing him. I guarantee it a lot more. Oh hell yeah. Um, Yeah, I thought Josh was awesome. I thought he was a great actor. I even thought um, Kate, which uh, Kate and Simon, um, like the drug dealer Kate, I thought her acting was even like far beyond the main actress. I just, I don't know what didn't click with me, but I really think that Kiana's acting as far as what I didn't like was just, I feel like she had just a very short range of emotions and it was always just angry.
1: I mean, um, no offense, but wouldn't you also be angry if your ex girlfriend was being targeted by like a spirit or something?
0: Sure, but like there's <laughs> certain scenes where like it just didn't call for it. Like everybody's talking normal and everybody's has composure and she's just randomly spouting off like things angrily. It just didn't fit. It didn't vibe with the rest. Of, like I feel like she didn't vibe with the rest of the cast.
3: Okay. And,
0: um, Again, that's just obviously my my personal opinion. But overall, what do I think of the movie? That being said, uh, I I thought it was very okay, and
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was
0: I was hoping for something more with the nineties references and stuff, which I think they kind of killed as well. I didn't think they they played into them very well. Dude, those um, I,
1: neon lights? Are you kidding me? That was like mm. one of my favorite thing about that movie was just the constant neon, different like beautiful shots of neon lights and the angles and oh my god, it was great. That was amazing.
2: Have have, have you guys heard of bisexual lighting? Yes. No. It's <laughs> it's it's been something that's been going around like film twitter and film facebook and stuff but this movie was full of bisexual lighting
1: yeah it's actually so funny that you say that because on imdb there's literally a picture of some actresses and they're in bisexual lighting as you speak
0: (laughs) yeah it's definitely not for me but for the uh audience can you elaborate please
1: (laughs) um bisexual lighting is basically just like do you know what the bi flag looks like Bisexual oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. flag, it's basically just like a variation of those colors, but in lighting.
0: Ah, uh, okay, I got you.
2: which has become like a really big thing in a lot of art house horror movies I've been noting recent noticing recently. so it's kind of cool to see it uh, not that this is like a I mean, I guess it's technically a Hollywood movie. I don't know if you'd consider it that, but it's nice to see that type of artistic flair and more mainstream stuff.
0: So, are there any scenes in particular that, like, really grabbed you guys? Like, something that, like, really stood out that kind of... Either had you just impressed by the visuals, the soundtrack, audio, like, anything like that? Like, was there anything that just had you going?
1: Um, There was, like... I want to say, like, right at the beginning, there was this one... I think it was... um, it was when they were in the mall after after close, and it was still um, Maya Hawk. She was still with us at the time. And... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <RIP.
3: laughs> Heather. RIP.
1: Yeah. Um, she was uh, walking around trying to find the guy that inevitably killed her. I don't remember his name at this time, but the, the school Ryan, math Ryan? killer. Was it yes, R- Ryan. Ryan. Yes, yeah. you're right. I actually wrote that down in my notes. I was like, Ryan, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and she was walking around the mall and there was just, everything was dark except for the neon lights in the book, in the bookshop that she worked in. And she was being chased. Um, And I just remember her like crouched down, leaning back up against the wall. And there were all of these like velvet posters that were... Illuminated, illuminated by the neon lights and they were just making the prettiest colors. And I was like, wow. And she was like running for her life about to be murdered. But I was having a real good time just looking at the visuals.
0: Yeah, the lighting in the mall specifically in the beginning was really cool. Um, that whole mall scene was, like I said, just started so strong. Um, like the, the So there is one thing um, I kind of had confusion with uh so with ryan in particular played by david thompson uh he so let's okay i'm jumping around a little bit but i just i need to get this off my chest (laughs) so how does the witch choose who she possesses
1: and we know yet
0: okay yeah keep in mind this recording is being done before watching part two or three so yeah but just based off speculation, how does the witch choose who she possesses, and why was it Ryan being chased by killers as well?
2: I thought that she was uh, picking them based off of um, like whoever you were closest to, um, because the the skull mask was obviously Ryan. Ryan, I. Can I get a little spoilery now? Is that? Oh, but this is full spoilers. Okay, yeah. cool, Go cool. Ahead. Um, Ryan kills uh the the rich Sunnyvale dude at the hospital. Um, Ryan's the one that's going through Dina and Kate's house. So I think it's someone that you're slightly familiar with. But once you know all the shit hits the fan, that's when uh sackhead Michael Myers and the Ruby Lane and the other people that's when the witch is like, okay, I'm just going to use whatever I can to kill you. That, that, that was at least how I looked at it.
0: See, the way I saw it was that, because in the beginning, before it got to the two other killers, it made sense. I was like, okay, like, the witch revived this dude. And because it's contemporary time, like, he, he was just there. So, like, this is still his body or whatever. And once the other two appeared, that's when I started to get, like, Okay, so, like, are the killers ghosts? Where are the killers coming from? Um, Like, they have a physical form, obviously. They can be lit on fire and stuff. But um, I didn't understand why or, like, how they got there.
1: So I think maybe because it says that this happens every however many years or is it every year? I don't know, because it first started in 1666 when, oh, God.
2: We'll just say the witch, S- Sarah, okay. Sarah, Sarah Fear.
1: Yes, thank you. Fear, which, which Fear? Fear Street.
2: Great, that's that's a great last name, Sarah Fear. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Fear Street. Yeah. Um. So when she was burned at the stake, R.I.P. to my witch sister, and then after that, she possessed the pastor. Um. Obviously, we don't really know much past that. Uh, so what I'm thinking is that maybe she just, I think that maybe Sam was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't feel like she would have been chosen to be killed because after she survived, obviously as it gets into in the end, um, she also went crazy. So maybe it's, you have to survive first. Well, that wouldn't make sense because the only person that survived is the lady. So. That's a very good question, Kyle. And
0: Ryan also didn't get chased.
1: You're right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they were just picked um, randomly, and the witch always picks somebody random, or maybe not random, and we just don't know why yet. And Sam was just in the wrong place at the wrong time.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I guess kind of going off that, it was it was the whole town of of uh, shady. What shady, uh, shady side? Shady side. Uh, yeah. um, yeah, it was, yeah. it was the whole town of Shady Side that you know decided to to kill this witch. So she's pretty much just like, screw it. You guys all decided to kill me, so I'm just going to pick someone at random and and I'm going to get my work done. Fair
1: Speaking enough. of Shady Side and sunny Vale, I just want to say that Sunnyvale is way too similar to Sunnydale, and it's bothering me. And that's that's all.
2: Wait, is what? What's Sunnydale? That is that the family cult?
1: Um, maybe I hope not. Um, Sunnydale is the uh town that Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
2: Oh, okay,
3: takes place. okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: the whole oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say there's a, a Crypt TV uh YouTube series called the Sunny Something Family Cult, and I thought it was the Sunnydale Family Cult. I could be wrong.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like why didn't the witch just possess Sam from the beginning instead of trying to kill her? If, he, if, she, if she was just going to possess her anyway.
2: Well, I, I think the reason that she possessed Sam was because when they had the car crash, Sam was the one that uh, messed with her like direct gravesite.
1: Yeah, it was, it, it was because she was bleeding, right? It,
2: right,
3: yes, but yeah.
0: also uh, Dina, she started bleeding in the bus before they even got to the the gravesite. But site.
1: she she didn't put blood on the witch's bones though. And that was something that somebody said. They were like, You put blood on the witch's bones, that's why she wants you.
2: Mm, gotcha. And yeah, I, I kind of assumed that the the witch I, I think at this point we should just assume is an all-encompassing power that knows everything about everyone at every time um i i that's probably fair to say um so i think that the witch might have had an assumption that dina wants to leave shady side but you know she they're on the bus they're coming back in the in the shady side and then there's sam who's ex shady sh- oh my goodness ex shady side current summer summerville this-
0: those sunny veils, man. A bunch yeah, of losers. That, yeah. Right.
2: yeah, so I, I think the witch was pissed that someone escaped Shady Side, and the witch is like, oh, they're back on my territory now. You're mine.
0: Ooh, interesting. I didn't think about it that way. About the whole, like, they're, like, crossing, like, the area where she has control over.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Like, like a state line, I mm-hmm. guess.
0: it's hmm. interesting. I didn't think about that. Um, we got a couple other villains in the mix. So we got, like, so first, uh, the uh, um, skullface guy. He's played by David Thompson. He's I recognize him from Green Room, but he also plays Scarecrow in Gotham. But I haven't seen that show.
2: Oh, I, I haven't thought about Green Room in so long. That's such a good movie.
0: It's a really good movie.
2: Rip Anton Yelchin.
0: Yeah, and then we got Noah Bane Garrett. I just want to call this guy out because um, he's the guy who actually plays. Skullface, face when the mask is on he's the stunt guy so he's known for playing in the walking dead cobra kai zombie land stranger things he's in everything but i just wanted to give a shout out to him because nobody ever sees his face and he'll probably never get credit so
1: i mean his um, name is literally in the credits but i appreciate yeah, you but, shouting him out well, thank
0: you i thank you um so we also had ruby lane which was the 60s killer i think right yeah, the one with the uh,
2: uh, straight razor, the Sweeney Todd.
0: Yeah, and she was in one of the most missed opportunity scenes, I think, in the movie for me. And then Mass Psycho, Wait, which, which which scene which was that? One? So okay, you're
1: just gonna breeze right <laughs> past that? What the hell?
0: So there was a scene in the movie that I got so amped for when it started. It was it was done so well. We had like a perfect dolly shot. It was going over them as they were. Fi- okay, so it's when. Let me back up. Let me back up. I'm getting amped just thinking about this scene now. <laughs> I, I and can how it, tell. Yeah. So let me back up. So it's the scene where uh, Simon, which we haven't talked about really yet, Simon oh, R. approaches R. her yeah. on the street, mm. and um, Simon and Ruby Lane get in like this confrontation, and the scene starts out with. Um, how did it go? She's uh,
1: singing, and he hears it, her. Well, He's, like, pissing somewhere.
0: Well, yeah, yeah but it, it starts playing, Um, it's called You Always Hurt the Ones You Love by the Mills Brothers. It starts playing that while they're getting in the fight and the confrontation, and how I thought the scene was going to go was it was going to drown out all the audio in the scene and just play this, like, sweet, melancholy song while they were in this fight, like, in this confrontation. And it didn't happen that way, and I was really excited that it was going to. Um, I just feel like their confrontation could have been played out longer. I feel like the scene ended too quick. Um, It started out with, like, a cool premise with the song playing, and the shots were really, really cool. Like, the above shot, the crane shot, and the dolly shot were both really cool. And then it kind of just ended, and I was super disappointed because it was, like, the one scene where I I feel like they were gonna actually put some like real thought into it. I i sound like I'm talking a lot of shit, but I feel like no, there no, were gonna no, put I... a lot of thought into the scene and then it just it ended so abruptly and then it just got drowned out by this orchestral type of random generic horror soundtrack. And I don't know. It was kind of a bummer for me. In my notes I
2: have a bunch of stars and hearts where that scene happened. So I, there. I I agree. There was a lot of potential with that scene, and I don't think that they pushed it as far as they could have. Agreed, hundred
0: percent.
1: I just want to Um, say that in that scene, it really, really looked like she just slit his Achilles heel, like right before it cut back. And I was like, "How are you moving?" Like, that doesn't logically... Like, even if she had, like, cut his leg, I feel like he would have been moving, like, a little bit like he was injured, and I didn't get that vibe really at all.
3: He kind I of feel br- like he would he be brushed cutting. it off.
1: Yeah. He's being a big man and rubbing some <laughs> dirt in it.
0: <laughs> what do you guys think of, like, the whole Kate and Simon kind of character arc and the dynamic?
1: I was really confused for, like, a little bit of it because I thought that they were, like together and then she like went to first base with josh as she called it and he was like hell yeah i just you know also went to third base with myself you know whatever (laughs) so that was like for me kind of (laughs) i thought that was iconic i was like wow they're all getting it even if one of them's alone like i love that for all of them um but i was that was a little confusing to me but honestly the most upsetting thing to me about this film was the way that julia not well the act the live person is named julia played plays kate and simon the way that they died i was so upset i was like i mean it was great i was like oh my god i did not see that coming at all like i did not think that that was gonna happen like that but i was i was hurt it hurt my feelings
2: I. I, I I really want to touch on their deaths, but back to w- real quick uh, what you were saying about the Kate getting the first base with Josh and stuff. I thought like I mean, you know, they're high schoolers, so it's obvious it's okay that the movie was devoid of any sex scenes. Um, but I mean, it was also rated R, so there was you know some expectation I had of well, something's probably going to happen. So I thought it was a really cool way that they kind of flipped the sex scene on their head, where you know Kate kisses Josh, Dina and Sam make out, and then Simon's like, "Oh yeah, I just jerked off." I thought that was that <laughs> yeah. was like I thought that was such a really creative way to kind of like flip that trope on its head.
3: Speaking yeah.
0: of tropes, the whole Kate and Simon thing was very refreshing. To me personally, Mm -hmm. because I there's too many times where like I. okay so to Georgie's point, I was confused at first as well, because I was like, oh, they're obviously together. But then they the friendship they have was so like it, it. It's it's rare when you find a movie like this where they're like, oh, the one of the main guys and one of the main girls have to be together. It's just like they can't just be friends, like really good friends. Drug dealing and, friends. Well, yeah, drug dealing friends, yes.
1: <laughs> that wasn't even my point. Um, no, I'm saying was, point was, Well, I'm just meaning, like, I didn't think that they... Like, at first, I thought they were just friends. But then there was this one point where she was visiting somebody. I don't even remember who it was. I'm so sorry. But they were having a conversation, and he was like, I thought you would have dumped that guy by now. Or gotten rid of him by now, like, not kept him around. And he was like, oh, no, she can't get enough of me. And, and to me, it seemed like... It was a little bit of an innuendo, but I must have just read it wrong. And that's fine. I'll admit to that. I I think
2: yeah. that that, that I, I, I remember what you're talking about. Uh, I couldn't tell if because I did feel like there was something there a bit more than they were just being friends. But I couldn't tell if that was, you know, Simon being an awkward, horny teenage boy. Um, <laughs> so, but no, I I, I I get where you're coming from on that.
0: Yeah, I I really like their dynamic. Um, I thought they played well off each other. Um, so, what do you guys think about the relationship between
3: Dina and Sam? Hmm. I'm gonna let Brendan go first. <laughs> okay. Well,
2: I would say that as a uh, as a cisgendered er, is that is that what it is? This-
1: yeah. yeah, I think that as long as that's what the, you identify as, yeah, I can't. I, I, it's my I, <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure that's what I was trying to say. Um, as a as a straight white guy. Um,
1: yeah, correct.
2: I yeah, uh, I I I don't really you know have have much knowledge in that area, but I thought that you know the relationship that those two ha- that that they had, I thought that it, it was very it was very sweet. Um, I. I can, I understand and respect the position that they come from where they're high schoolers. They have feelings that they don't, that, you know, I think it's a bit more clear that Sam doesn't truly understand those feelings where Dina's like, oh yeah, this is what I like. And this is what I want where Sam was a bit more, I, 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 I don't understand where I'm at. So, um, I, I really liked their relationship. I liked how it. Deteriorated at the beginning and then slowly started to rebuild itself. Um, you know, I thought that they had in total a very sweet uh relationship, and I I thought that they really acted well off of each other. Yeah, well said. What about you, Georgie?
1: Um, I think because it was in the 90s, well, based in the 90s, um. I honestly think that they, I I mean, I liked their relationship. There was definitely some parts where I was just like so annoyed with either one of them or both of them. Um, but I, I really found it interesting how um, when, before we even knew who Sam was and they were like throwing out the name Sam, but like how obviously her and Dina had broken up, but we didn't know the gender of sam at this point um i found it interesting when they were on the football field and they were showing this guy like macking on this girl and Dina's obviously pissed about it and then it, it goes to the next scene and it reveals that sam is actually a girl i found that to be an interesting scene just because for one thing it, to me it kind of played off the fact that people are mostly going to assume that it was the guy. So then, obviously, my second point would be that it was supposed to be, like, some big shocker. And I would be lying if I said I wasn't kind of like, oh, my God, I didn't really see that coming. But I love it. Like, I love that. Because this movie's based in the 90s. Back then, I feel like, I mean, I wasn't alive. Kyle, you'd have to attest to this. But I feel like, I mean, gay marriage was still illegal back then, you know? So, obviously sam's mom was pissed about her relationship with dina and i hated that so that being said when sam kissed dina at the end right in front of her mom oh my god i was so happy i was thrilled i was like take that you stupid homophobic bitch
0: i loved that so much Yeah, that that mom's dude, that mom looked like a stone cold bitch like her face. <laughs> like if she's not a stone cold bitch in real life, she's one of the best actresses of all time, that's all I'm going to say.
1: Literally though, yeah, I was ready to throw hands.
0: Okay. Well, um we also had uh Josh, which like I said, I think Josh is one of the heavy hitters of this movie. Um I think that he's a really good, I hate to say upcoming actor, but I mean, he's, he's not in a lot, but I think he will be. And um, I think he was probably, he probably had the most range in the whole movie. Um, I didn't really understand the relationship he had with Dina. Like, the brother-sister relationship didn't really feel genuine or real to me. Mm-mm. Just being in a situation that, I mean, I have, a, I have two sisters. I'm very close with them. Um, And I'm not close with one of them. So, I mean, I kind of know how that rolls both ways. And it just, it it didn't feel real or genuine. I was actually almost confused um, based on the relationship that they were family. Um, But you never see the parents or the dad or anything, but he's uh, into that being, you know, an alcoholic and a deadbeat and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of raise themselves and they have that, like, tough exterior attitude, which probably plays into why Dina's so pissed off all the time. Um, overall, though, I think Josh uh, probably did the heavy lifting in this. He had some great scenes. The bathroom scene with Kate was, was awesome. I love that scene. And just, like, like, it, like, it just felt real. Like, I think he just had, like, a genuine, like, quality to him. And uh, I even think he held it down at the grocery store. Um, what do you guys think of Josh?
1: I think he's great. I even wrote down in my notes, I was like, I love a a cute little horror nerd that just makes it his goal to always be the one that knows all the facts about serial killers. That's actually um, an homage to the Scream TV series, now that I'm thinking about it, because there's a character, Noah, in the Scream TV series that is the exact same way. He knows every single Fact about all the serial killers ever, and that's how Josh is, and I really love that about him. I thought that was so cool, and i had have to agree. When he was in that bathroom scene, I was definitely like, "Oh my god!" I was so nervous for him. I was like, "This is so embarrassing. <laughs> He's seeing boobies for the first time in real life." Like, oh yeah, it was crazy.
2: I uh I really liked the relationship between uh, Josh and Dina. I. I kind of assumed that, based on you know the backstory that we got regarding their father, um, that the both of them had to grow up really fast at a really young age, um, and uh, I I liked how it was less of a big sister little brother relationship and more of a we're equals we're the real parents here we're babysitting our father so I I, I really think that he that they both. But but mainly Josh really played into that that uh, that type of character of having to grow up too young and just rolling with the punches.
3: Well said. I like that. Um
0: Okay. Um Wait, now- can I
1: just say that he's also known as Lil Peanut? Benjamin Flores <laughs> Jr. He's also known as Lil Peanut. Okay, sorry, go on.
0: What is he from?
1: Um he was in Here Street part 1. Uh he was also in Game Shakers, never heard of it. Um Jurassic World Camp Cri- I can't read that. What's Wait, hold on. One? Was
0: was Little Peanut a reference from this movie?
1: No, that's like literally Benjamin Oh, Bora. his actual name jr the actor himself is also known as lil peanut he was in hey arnold the jungle movie he was in happy feet 2 um
0: i didn't realize you were such a huge benjamin flores jr fan that's uh, i'm not
1: i just googled it (laughs) i just googled it i googled him because i was curious uh sorry yeah continue (laughs) So,
2: so pretty much what that means is this child has way more money than i do
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, he's actually eighteen. <laughs> he's not a child, even oh, though he looks very young. Oh my young. god,
0: he looked. I thought he was like twelve. Speaking <laughs> of that, speaking of that, I have a feeling I'm going to be the only one that thinks this, but Dina looked her age. She looked so much older than everybody else. Am I crazy? Because she's over thirty. Like, are she you looked, serious? She looked no. thirty. Like, she looked like Sam's older sister.
1: Compared like, to. 30?
0: She's thirty years old, yeah.
1: Compared to like her co-stars, I would say, yeah, I would. She looks older, but she does not look (laughs) thirty.
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe because I got the thirty lenses on right now, I could (laughs) uh, like I could see that kind of shit. But she looked older
1: to me. You can smell them out a mile away.
0: I I can smell them (laughs) out. You know what I'm saying? She looked older to me than Sam, and that that was actually throwing me off. Like that, she looked older. Like genuinely. Like, I'm not talking about leaps and bounds older, but, like, I could see it in her face. Like, I could just, like, I have those 30s-tinted glasses on, and I could just see it. But that kind of bugged me, too. Um, I
2: I just kind of assumed it was one of those things where, because I didn't look up the ages, but I assumed it was one of the things where they got, like, 24, 25-year-olds to play, like, 18-year-olds. But I am so surprised by that.
1: Oh my God, Olivia Scott Welch! I am older than she is, but only by ten days. Interesting. Ooh. And that's Sam, by the way. Actually, more like twelve days. I'm not good at math, but you get me.
0: So you being a screenwriter, Brennan, and just I'm sure you're into the overall development of film and all that kind of stuff. I have an inconsistency here that I want to address.
3: Okay. In
0: <laughs> in the soundtrack. Of this movie, okay? They, they played a lot of 90s music. They were beating us over the head with it, okay? Which I'm fine with. But they had a lot of songs that played that came out after 94. So that didn't exist yeah. yet. Which I'm also fine with, you know? Like, there's one song in particular, White Town, um, Your Woman, came out in 1997. I love that song. Love it. And that was in this movie. But here's the thing. White zombies more human than human. Okay. It was in the trailer of this movie.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, Josh sings it while he's playing Castlevania on his Sega Genesis. Which I I love that scene, by the way. But yes. Um, I think it's Castlevania Bloodlines, I'm pretty sure, for Sega Genesis. But uh, all the other songs are playing as a backdrop, right? White Zombie, he's actually singing. Like he's singing the song, he's listening to it. And that song did not come out until 1995. It wouldn't have existed yet.
1: Hey, okay. to, to add on to this, if you look at the IMDb, at all the goofs, there are a ton of different instances where, for instance, Your Woman, which plays in the hospital, was released in 97, three years after the events of the film. There are yes. a few of them in there.
0: See, and that's what I'm saying. Like, How can a Hollywood movie make that big of an oversight? Or, or do they just don't care? Like, What do you guys think? I, I would probably
2: say, even though I really enjoyed this movie, they were going more for a, this is always my go-to phrase, um, but I think that they were going for more style over substance. Um, but that, that being said, as, and I, I, I'm not trying to make this about myself, but for the the screenplay that I wrote that I got some awards, I did 35 different rewrites on it. And I I did my dramaturgy work. I made sure that everything I referenced was timely. Um, I made sure that there were no like plot holes, any continuities, continuity errors in the script. So it, me watching it, I was just like, oh, this is great '90s music. I I think that as a screenwriter, and I, I think that that's definitely something that they should have tried to keep more of an because I mean, 1994 is the title of it so right. you you would think that you would want to make sure that at the very latest the latest song that's in the movie is in 1990 even if it came out in december 94 like you'd think that that would be the farthest you would want to go with music so that i i wasn't a, aware of the time frames but that that seems kind of lazy um in hindsight
1: definitely it definitely is cuz there's not even just that like the first the first thing in the goofs for IMDb, it says, The application Benjamin Flores Jr.'s character, so Josh, is chatting on uses the Calibri font. The plot takes place in 94, yet this font was not introduced until 2007. That's a very specific thing for somebody <laughs> to point out as a mistake. I just want to say, these people know their freaking fonts. That, that's so,
2: overly specific.
1: <laughs> that's a call out for sure, and... I think Fucking that Third Street Part Three needs to do some editing and you know, fix any of those errors that we might find.
0: Yeah, and like as far as the style argument, I could I could totally get behind that. Like playing songs from the nineties in your movie as a backdrop to the scene is fine with me. But when you actually like incorporate that into like the film as far as it existing, like the characters knowing it and listening to it and seeing it or you know, interacting with it that that's something i don't think that could be that like you can't make that kind of mistake with this kind of money uh, th- uh-huh. that, that,
2: that that's a fair point to make and i i think especially uh, for for us 90 ki- 90s kids kids the the cultural impact that like rl stein had on me i and i i think that he's fantastic and i think he can do no wrong but i think that if you're gonna take a property of his you have to treat it with the utmost respect and mm-hmm. the utmost care. Yes. So and I I am going to double back on what I said I, I in hindsight I think that that's very lazy of
0: them. Me too. Me too. Like if you have the a year in the title of your movie and you're going to beat us over the head with these 90s references like you better come swinging. <laughs> like don't make oh, exactly. those kind of mistakes. Like that's those are easy things to like like people were going to notice. Like I noticed it just because I, I mean, I grew up in the '90s and that was the music I listened to. And like immediately, I was like, "More human than human." I was like, "Was that?" Not? I was like, "Was that really '94?" I was like, "No way." I mean, granted, it was only a year later, but still, I didn't that's even still remember it being in '95. Yeah. I thought it was later than that too. But um yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that's acceptable, personally. Um. So we're getting uh, we're getting kind of late in the runtime here, but just one thing I want to go over before we start getting into like our final thoughts and reviews and ratings. Um, I think we could all just agree right now what the best kill was.
2: Bread slicer.
0: Yeah, it's got to be the bread slicer. Oh right? yeah, one hundred
2: percent.
0: Yeah, like there's a couple good ones. Uh, I mean, there was Sam's boyfriend getting stabbed in the back, and there was the nurse getting stabbed in the throat. Um, actually runner up i would say there was a scene where they um where josh is talking about the uh the killers and it's doing like a little flashback to each one and they have that um the little kid who's one of the killers and it flashes to him and he's like beating the hell out of this girl in bed with like a oh, bat oh yes that was rad but i would still have to give it to the bread slicer
2: wait, wait there, there there was a question that i had i I was trying to figure out if this was a reference to something, but Nurse Betty, the, the dude that supplies the, uh, uh, Simon and Kate with the drugs, is that a reference to something? Because that just seemed really weird to me. Wait, say that again? I'm sorry. Uh, Nurse Betty, yeah, the, the guy that gives Sam and Kate the drugs to sell.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it, it, yeah. His
2: name tag says Eddie, E-D-D-E, I think it was, but he etches a B into it. I, I wasn't sure if that was a reference or, or what that was because that, it, 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 that really stood out to me in a weird way.
0: Yeah, if it is a reference, I'm not aware of it, but we'll look it up and maybe talk about it in part two. Okay. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't personally know. I, I,
1: it is a movie, Nurse Betty. Oh, is it? But I don't know if it has anything to do... Is it a horror movie? No, it doesn't look like it.
3: Yeah,
1: it doesn't look Has it 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% on Metacritic?
0: Yeah, no, that's not it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, overall, though, um, do you guys have anything else you guys want to address about the movie before we get into our final thoughts? Hmm
1: oh yes when sam was um this is just something that grossed me the frick out because no thank you but when they were trying to kill poor little sam they were trying to make her od um and she Mm. was taking all of those pills dry hell no sister you better give me some freaking sprite if i'm about to kill myself no i don't want no dry no dry swallowing pills is, is i can't even watch people when they do it i have to look away because it's just terrible and if you dry swallow pills please stop
2: Thank you. i i can't i can't even take an ibuprofen like no lie like those tiny ass pills i can't even take one of those so that that
0: really got me i ate flintstones chewable vi- vitamins till i was 29 years old mm. <laughs> no, no i'm just kidding i didn't do that
1: I I (laughs) think you still eat them, actually.
0: I mean, they taste good, I'm not going to lie. But what bugged me about that was, I'm sorry, like, I'm not, I haven't done a whole lot of drugs in my life. I've done a few, okay? But I haven't done a whole lot of drugs in my life. But if she took as much as she did, granted, I don't know what drugs they were, but if she took as much as she did, and she got drowned while oding but I don't think adrenaline up. is gonna. I I don't think adrenaline's gonna bring you back. Yeah, that's just me.
3: I mean, that's. I mean,
0: rare. ODing is one thing, but drowning while you're ODing. Well, because <laughs> like, uh, I don't know.
1: It was. It was under my assumption that she threw it all up because these people haven't eaten in hours. You know, so obviously, she wouldn't really have anything to um, uh, soften the blow. I guess for lack of a better phrase. So it was my impression that like after she threw up, it was so, it was honestly kind of sad. That's why I'm laughing because sadness makes me laugh, I guess. But she looked at, she looked up at um, Dina and she was like, I'm sorry. And she just looked so defeated. And Dina was like, you got to die. And then she grabbed (laughs) her and went and fucking drowned her. And I was just like, okay, this is what's happening, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Ep- epinephrine is mm, I don't think it would work like that either. I'd have to agree.
2: <laughs> In- I <was> gonna say- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say she also got stabbed by like what, ten epipens? Like Yeah. Your heart I feel like your heart would explode after that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I-, I appreciate you going to bat for that theory, Georgie, but I just I'm still not buying it. I don't know.
1: No, I'm you're, my, the only experience I have with EpiPens is to keep people alive for 15 minutes so that they don't die of an allergic reaction. So do I really think that they're going to, like, jumpstart a person's heart? Probably not. But that's the magic of Hollywood, baby.
0: Magic of Hollywood. <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll get into the rumination of Red, red Room rating here. But first, final thoughts, if you have any, just to kind of wrap it up. Georgie, we'll start with you. Final thoughts of Deer Street Part One, 1994, even though everything else takes place in '95 and after, go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think it, I think the rest of the movies are '90, um, there it's 1984, right? No, it, and no it's like 1666. Oh, 66. 1974 and then 1666. So like before. Anyway, um, I'm much more excited for the second one, no offense. Uh, I really liked the way that they played into like what the second one's going to be. That got me pumped. I was like ready to play it. I was like, let's go. But I saved it because obviously I don't want any spoilers going into this cast. Um, I was not thrilled when it first started, actually. It took me like a day to really absorb everything and appreciate it. And now that I've appreciated it and when we've talked about it, I feel confident to give my score whenever you're ready for it.
0: I'm ready for it. Hit me.
1: 80
3: oh. percent
1: because because uh-huh. it has me it has me stoked for the next movie like i'm like the way that they um <clears throat> marketed <laughs> the <clears throat> slasher aspect of the next one I'm so freaking ready for that, especially after, like, American Horror Story 1984. Like, I want to see some bitches get stabbed. And, okay. yeah, I think I think that it's hard to rate this movie just based off of the one movie because, obviously, it's a trilogy. And I think that, that that's kind of how I'm feeling about it right now.
2: Okay. Brendan, what you got? Okay. Uh, so I think that after we've all finished all three i would be interested to see if any of our ratings change regarding this um but going going into this this episode i i was sitting high at about i'll, I'll give it an 89 but based on some of the things that you brought up regarding the music and stuff uh i'm going to have to drop it down to like an 85 85 oh, yeah, yeah. And, and this is, this is going to sound really nitpicky, but the things that I like about 1994 are the exact things I don't like about the Stranger Things. So, because so I agree that. Uh, in Stranger Things, they go so hard to make you remember that it takes place in the 80s, and I really hated that. That was, like, one of the things that I really despised about Stranger Things. Um, But in this, I was like, ooh, I'm a 90s kid. I relate to all of this. So, like, there was just so much about it that I can understand why people like Stranger Things and the copious amounts of references they make. And that's why I like 94 so much, I think.
0: Okay. So 85%, huh? Yeah. Alrighty. I feel like this movie—I'll say it again—started really strong, and it got worse as it went. For me personally, I saw a lot of inconsistencies. I saw a lot of opportunities with scenes and plots that could have gone that would have made me enjoy the movie more. Um, I'm way more excited for the second one, part two, because I mean, first and foremost, the '70s is my uh, my favorite decade for horror so already it has that for it um and i i just really can't think you can cast anybody worse as a main actress than that last that last one i'm sorry (laughs) but um i think that as far as stranger things go just to just, just to go back on the beating us over the head with the like the decade i only saw the first season of stranger things but i felt like as many references as they had. It felt more realized, and I felt it was more believable as to where this movie, to me, felt like it didn't know its time and it didn't know its place, and it was just trying to chew in things that they thought that people from that era would have nostalgic for and disregard like just overall everything as far as like the world itself. And what I mean by that is, like, I don't feel like the clothes, the houses, the the interior of the shots, like, like the inside of the rooms and stuff, like, none of that looked 90s to me. And I know it's not a huge departure from where we're at now, but I, I kind of have, in my mind's eye, I kind of have, like, a memory of, like, how the style and things were in the 90s. And I I never got that with this. And the only times that I really felt like it did remind us is when they shooed in a 90s like music reference and even then it wasn't done right in most cases um i thought that there was a lot of strong acting in this and i thought it was a shame that most of that wasn't from the main character um the supporting cast was awesome though and the witch aspect i'm cool with uh i liked the you know i, I liked the style of the killers and everything that was going on with that Overall, though, it, it just didn't hit for me. It's it felt very it, it felt like it should have been a TV, like a, like part one should have been maybe four episodes of a, mm. a small miniseries rather than like a movie itself. I feel like that might have been it might have played out a little better and the pacing might have been a little better. Um I'm gonna give my red room rating a sixty eight. Um Okay. I think it's like a D-plus for me. And again, this is just personal enjoyment of the movie and the flaws that I took away from it. It was almost an average C for me, but I just I, I didn't enjoy it. And I watched it twice, and I actually didn't like it. Like I liked it less the second time I watched it, which usually in that sense um, is a bad sign. But I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate it. There was a lot of good redeeming qualities and a lot of things I enjoyed about it, but it just didn't hit the mark for me. And I have a really good feeling that Part 2, I'm going to enjoy more. So, that being said, uh, the Red Room rating for Fear Street Part 1, 1994,
1: is 77%. So, C's get degrees. C's
0: get degrees. Yeah,
1: C plus at that.
0: It almost made it a... It almost made it a B. It almost made it to a B. But um, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. We are under the Ruminations Radio Network umbrella. We have a lot of other podcasts that you can go and listen to, a lot of other subjects. Um, please check them out. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, you could also visit ruminationsradionetwork.com where you can get um, some bios on the hosts, um, see what we're doing. We post on the reg. And we have a Instagram and a Twitter at Ruminations of Redrum. So for this episode, I've been your host, Kyle, with a K. We have the final girl, Georgie.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: And Brendan Jesus. I've had a blast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. And everybody, stay spooky.